Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Quick update, guys. Kiva and I were supposed to record the TV podcast, but we started talking about other things, and we got distracted. And before you knew it, time had gone by. So this is just a mini-sode where we cover a bunch of topics. We did record... The next segment in the Greatest TV Shows podcast later today, which is Thursday, and I have to edit it and get it up. I will have it online no later than Saturday night. So enjoy this podcast, and before the weekend is over, you will have uh, the Greatest TV Shows starting from here. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me as always, Akiva Wienaker. Akiva, how are you today? You always, you have such upbeat introductions. It's really, uh, yeah, well, punk. you know, I mean, there's, it, we, we're facing the end of the Republic. Um, well, actually, we're facing the end of the Republican Party. The end of the Republic uh, will probably, uh, hopefully, be forestalled for a little bit. Uh, you know, there's so much to talk about there. There's that, obviously. There's, there's, the, there's the recap of our of our NFL draft podcast. There's the NBA and NHL playoffs. You know, your team obviously had a crazy ending to a uh, game two. You know, we have so much to talk about, but the fans are demanding that we finish our uh, top 100 TV shows of all time. So I think we, we push everything aside and, you know, uh, we, again, we hope that, that the country can, can stay in existence at least for, for one more week. And maybe we'll get to those topics at another time. Are you saying the world is ending because they didn't, the referees didn't call the uh, out of bounds foul against Manu Ginobili? Yeah, that's that's two. exactly what I'm saying. You know, I got to tell you, I actually cried Tuesday night, and that's why. So, <laughs> I'm sure you did as well. Did you really cry Tuesday night? Uh, honestly, yeah, I, I was really, I was really shocked by my reaction. I did. Um, You're such a you loser. Know, no offense. I, I can't remember the last time I cried out of sadness. Not you cried out of like, poli- because of politics. No, I cried because. So what happened? I fell asleep Tuesday night early at like nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and then and, and then I woke up at like midnight or one a.m. and I went online and I just saw all these. These tweets by all these, you know, like racists and neo Nazis, and all these comments about, like, you know, like. Well, you, you know, shouldn't we, follow we, racists and neo Nazis unless well, they were like, <laughs> unless they're people you listen. Work with. They're big fans of the podcast, you know. <laughs> no. But you know, and, and it, 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 you know, not, not to get too serious and depressing here, but it, for the first time in my life, I felt scared as an American. Wait, well, this can't even. Wait, by the way, this this has to be the the minisode now. This can't be the TV show. <laughs> I'm being serious. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this separately, you know. All right, fine. So why, why don't we – fine. So we'll do a little mini-sode now. We'll talk about these issues, and yeah. then we'll drop this, and then we'll record the yes. TV show podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it just like like everybody who's ever existed on Earth. I, I hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> uh, that, that's a fair assessment, right? I mean, there's no way his wife likes him, right? Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, he punched her in the face and up yeah, now she's like, so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I thought the whole time that I was sort of enjoying the shot and fright of seeing his collapse, but I realized. And this happens to me a lot when you don't have a team, and a dog in the fight, like in a championship game or a Super Bowl, where you don't really like either team. Yeah. Where you sort of think that you're rooting for one team, but then you realize emotionally that you're sort of urging on the other team and you're sort of surprised by your reaction. You know what I mean? Sure. And and sort of like your, your emotions tell you who you're really supporting, sort of your heart over your head. And I guess I just, you know, as bad as Cruz is, and on policy, there's no question that, that Cruz, you know, for somebody especially who's left of center like me, like there's no question that he's worse than Donald Trump. From a policy perspective, but in terms of what it means for our country, well, hold on. At what point do you think Superfan Robbie turned off this rant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but you know, he's he from the very beginning was a Trump supporter, but mostly just to troll people, like you know, troll non-Trump supporters. Because again, I, I said to him, I said, if you're a conservative, why would you support Donald Trump? I really don't understand it. Uh, to say nothing of if you're a Jew, but you know that's a separate story. <laughs> Again, on policy, Trump isn't. I think Trump just wants to win, to quote himself, and I can easily see him doing what you know Arnold Schwarzenegger did and working with congressional Democrats in a, in an absurd scenario where he was the president. But it's the empowerment of all sort of the worst segments of society that that he's given hope to. That you know that's the scary part. And the other thing I noticed is I think there's like a, a generational gap. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like people like us, or not even generational, but a gener- gener- the generation is part of it. It's people basically who live on the internet, people like you and me, mm-hmm. versus people who don't. Because I noticed when I was like, you know, over the Passover holiday talking to some of my, uh, my, my older family members, and they're completely oblivious to sort of, you know, they've heard some of Trump's sort of racist comments about Mexicans or about Muslims, but they're sort of completely oblivious to the reaction to sort of his fans on the internet because his fans on the internet are a much different breed of person i think oh sure yeah obviously there aren't a hundred million crazy white power racists in this country yeah Uh, look clearly trump is a misogynist and that's deeply a part of who he is and how how, who he's always been you know for his entire life don't you think if you're trump if you were if yeah i don't know i don't know how this would work now but if you were running trump's campaign doesn't he have to pick a woman as his vice president? Like, absolutely have to? I mean, there's no reason why, like, he's got to beg is, Nikki is, Haley. Is, there, I don't really think a, is there really a person out there who said, I wasn't going to vote for Trump because I think he's a misogynist, but because he's chosen, like, Carly Fiorina or Nikki Haley or whoever, now I'm going to Well, don't him. pick Carly Fiorina. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the, there's, that's the thing. Who's he going to pick? You know, Nikki Haley. No, no, no Nikki, no. Nikki Haley said no immediately. I mean, she endorsed Rubio. Early on, yeah, but everyone, you know, but I was, but I was going to say, like, he's clearly a misogynist, and his hatred of women is is sort of a defining aspect of who he's been, basically since he was a kid. But other than that, <laughs> and that's a big other than that, I grant you, I don't think he's racist against blacks, Mexicans, Muslims, Jews. I really don't. I think that he just he has no filter, and he just sort of says things that he he's sort of like a below average Fox viewer, and he sort of just says what he thinks those people are going to want to hear. And I know, like people bring up, like like his obsession with Hitler. Going back, you know, he used to read Hitler's book, and he hates women. I acknowledge that. I don't. I don't even think he hates women. I think he probably just doesn't respect them at all. It's a defining aspect of who he is, like showing dominance over women in every aspect, sexual and in relationships, professionally. You know, whether you call it hatred or or lack of respect or yeah. Whatever. I have I have a, an overall take on on the election. I was thinking, like, what this does more than destroys the Republican Party or 
destroys the nation, the fabric of the nation, because I, I don't think he's going to be president anyway. But what it, I think it does do for future elections is it opens up the primaries to everyone, particularly celebrities. Like, if there's no great candidate next time, and you're George Clooney or Leonardo DiCaprio, and you're like, hey, I want to be president. Like, it used to be, it used, you used to think, like, oh, you had to be, you know, maybe run for senator or governor of California first. And then if that goes okay, you know, Schwarzenegger couldn't do it because he wasn't eligible to be president. But if that goes okay, then you can just run for president. But I think now we, uh, the standard, even though this is just the Republican side, I think the standard probably on bo- for both parties is if you're really famous – Again, especially like in a race where, the, like the Republican race, where there's 17 people, and even uh, you know people with uh, who are very accomplished had a hard time standing. You know, like sitting governors and senators had a hard time sitting out to the standing out to the point where uh, you know they got one percent or two percent, and then they went away very quickly. But I think if you have name recognition, that gets you like half the battle. You almost have to be famous now to look at who or you know who's going to be running. It's a a former first lady and one of the most famous people in the country. Yeah, well, I mean, you've seen like the Bill James thing that's been uh, repopularized on the internet this week, right? Sure, I have that book uh, right here. Yeah, yeah, it's one of, probably one of my five favorite books of all time. Bill, you know, the historical baseball abstract. Bill James predicted in in two thousand and one specifically that Donald Trump or David Duke <laughs> could become president under a scenario where he said we had so many candidates that the pie is sliced so thinly. And you don't need a majority, and that and that's that's why I don't really agree with you because Trump would not have won if this was a regular Republican year. The fact that it was such a deep bench this year is what allowed him to advance. Because when you had seventeen candidates, none of them criticized Trump early because none of them took him seriously. And if anything, they wanted him to help defeat the other serious candidates. They just assumed that when it got down to two or three, he'd be dismissed. And and then by the time they decided to engage with him, it was too late. And also, frankly, just because this has happened to the Republican Party, I don't think there's any evidence that it would happen to the Democratic Party. I would like to think that... Listen, what, but what if you didn't have a really intriguing candidate? But what I'm saying is it's because there were so many that Trump... If, if you cut out half the people at the first debate, Trump wouldn't be president, right? It wouldn't be the nominee. It's only because there were I, so I, many... I, I would have agreed with you a month ago, and now I'm not sure. I mean, remember Cruz, for example. Who? Cruz was the worst offender of this. Cruz went out of his way to never say anything critical of Donald Trump, and he would ex- he'd be explicit about it. Yeah, he'd they say, were they were really buddies for the first uh, you because know because Cruz assumed, like everybody else did, that Trump was going to crash and burn, and Cruz wanted to be the preferred candidate of sort of like the nativist crowd once Trump went away. Right. Right. I mean, you look at the early debates and it's just it's Chris Christie and Ron Paul going to war with each other, and then Chris Christie and Marco Rubio, and then Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and and, and Jeb Bush, like. Everybody just ignored Trump. And it, what it, actually what it reminds me of a little bit is Jesse Ventura to invoke another crazy celebrity who got elected. And I think I may have mentioned this to you before. I remember in like August of 1998, uh, I was home in Minneapolis and I was watching in the, middle of the, in the middle of the day a debate between the Democrat, the Republican, and this wacko Jesse Ventura. And the two of them were just attacking each other left and right over and over and over. They completely ignored Ventura in the race because why did they need to pay attention to a wacko like Jesse Ventura? And at the time in the polls, he had like 7 or 9%. So they had no reason to. And they kept attacking, attacking, attacking each other. And neither one said a single word about Ventura. And even a week before the polls, before the election, he was up to the 20s in the polls. But he was still 10 points behind the other two candidates. And so they just ignored him. So I, I, think, I think that the Republican Party will learn their lesson from this time. 
And and if somebody like this were to rise again, I think they'd they'd unite behind him more quickly. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I think that would have just united his fans even quicker. But his fans were but his fans were 20 percent. Seventy five percent of Republicans disapproved of him in the early going, and even today, sixty seven percent, according to the latest. Well, how's that true? If he's getting he's not even getting pluralities anymore. He's getting majorities. Well, yeah. So he's got a majority in the last three states. He had never gotten a majority before in New York, and he has in the last three states. Mm But again, you know, getting a majority of primary voters in three states does not necessarily mean... Yeah, but no one could get a majority when there were 17 candidates. Whenever you look at polls uh, in the very, very early going of every primary, whoever has the biggest name ID is always number one. So, for example, um, you know, to go back to sort of the first election when I was really engaged, in 2004, among the Democrats, Joe Lieberman was winning in the very beginning. I remember the first poll that came out, Joe Lieberman had 24%. And the reason for that was very simple, because he had run for vice president the last time. Al Gore wasn't running again. And people hadn't heard as much of John Kerry or Howard Dean or Dick Gephardt. And, you know, that's always the case. Whoever has the most name ID, Rudy Giuliani was leading in the very, very early polls for 2008 for the Republicans for the same reason. Usually what happens is, is as voters get more informed, they go away from that person who they picked for no reason other than name recognition. So we'll see. But let, 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 let's talk about something else a little less depressing. Let, let's update our uh, NFL draft uh, let's recap the NFL Draft Podcast. How about that? Okay, so who's banned? That's what I want to know. Who's banned from the podcast? <laughs> Who had the worst pick and is no longer allowed to come on? You know, unfortunately, I did not get to watch the uh, first round, or actually any of the rounds of the NFL Draft live, for uh, Passover-related reasons. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't see the first round live. I went back, I watched it. You know, it was really a dull draft other than the Tunsil stuff, which uh, actually played better on social media than it did on TV, where they were, you know, very slow to the trigger to show you what was going on. So, yeah, I mean, that was kind of crazy. Miles Jack obviously dropped really far, which was bad news for Jordan Parhar, our uh, Cowboys fan. Ashawn Robinson, who we, uh, we we said on the podcast was a reach when Ari Gleischer took him with the Wilson Bears. Wilson said he looks like he's 52. At 11. Yeah. yeah. he Well, and he went at 46, which is closer to the age that he probably actually is. So so that that was that was not great for, for him. Uh, Cody Whitehair, who our Falcons fan acknowledged, what Harry acknowledged was a reach uh, at 17. He went to 56. So that was the worst pick among our fans. Missing and, uh, by 39. And, yeah, so he missed by 39. So he, you know, there was a couple others. Jaron Reed, who was, who was guessed to go 21st by uh, our Washington fan. He actually went 49 as well. And uh, Mackenzie Alexander, who the Vikings got at the very end of the second round. You guys was, stole um, him. Yeah, he was expected to go to. You're excited? To the were you happy 30. with the Vikings draft? They had a good draft, right? Yeah, yeah, the Vikings had a very good draft. Even um, the German you know. guy is not is not legit, is he? It's a roll of the dice, honestly. You know, he's you know he hasn't he hasn't really played football before, so we'll have to wait and see. But you know, I didn't numbers. even read much about him. Like, how do they know that he's good? Even like he just played German football. <laughs> I think YouTube. <laughs> They just picked him from YouTube? That's crazy. No, I mean, no, I'm sure there's more than that. But they wanted to be sort of the first ones to get in on this. But I, I don't. I would imagine they could have signed him as a free agent, but I don't know. But anyways, yeah. So, so those were the worst. Those were the the the, the wrongest of our picks among our, our listeners. So as we said, our Falcons fan, who's on Twitter at Fletch1027, he was at risk to uh, to getting a permanent lifetime ban on the podcast. Jordan. Also had Miles Jack high, but he was one spot better than uh, than Jordan Parhar, so he wasn't getting eliminated for that. He had Ashawn Robinson high, but again, he had him five picks lower than Gleisher, so he wasn't getting eliminated for that. He had Jaron Reed at the same spot. Uh, he also thought he was going to Washington at 21. And he had Mackenzie Alexander at the same spot. However, he thought that the Seahawks at 26 would take LaRaven Clark. And um, that is so LaRaven because he went 82nd, dropping all the way to the end of the well, third I round. by 56. 
Yeah. So uh, so Jordan, who had asked if he could come on the podcast to uh, recap the draft, and I would love to let him. But uh, Did he ask to come on to recap the draft? He did. He did. Oh, I didn't see that. Why? He can't come on now. He's banned. Yeah, he's banned. We so. can well, I mean, consider he... <laughs> his ban at another time, maybe for next draft. People did write in and say he did a great job. He really came oh, he, oh, very he, he, well he was... prepared, incredibly well oh, prepared. Oh, yes. Very, yeah, he knows, Knocked it out him. of the park. <laughs> he was a very good guest, but you know the rules are the rules, and, and he can apply for reinstatement. Reinstatement after a year. He's, he's, he's less uh, Shoeless Joe and Pete Rose and more like one of those like Steve Howe, like cocaine type guys. Well, but I think like Pete Rose, if he will prostrate himself and acknowledge his wrongdoing in the Raven Clark pick, yeah, don't then, go yeah. signing autographs at in Vegas for you know that you came on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, d- once. yeah, don't autograph like the Raven Clark's name on uh, you know on, on photos yeah, and no, say we, you know, we need to Clark see some, number twenty six. Like we want you to be like checking out Jordan. We want you to see like what Raven Clark is doing in training camp, like seeing it why and how you missed so badly on that one pick, and if we yeah. see you know. You could even be reinstated by training camp if we really see some true uh, forgiveness. Oh, wow. Oh, you're a softy at heart. Well, he did do a good job. To be fair, the rules were incredibly biased against him. He had to make 32 picks where yeah. everyone else just well, had to make one. Only only 31, of course, because the Broncos. Oh, well, the, yeah. Uh, I, I the Patriots so. are dirty cheaters. Well, but he, yeah. right, he predicted that the Patriots would continue uh, cheating, which is accurate. Yeah, but that's that's a very easy prediction to make. Let me just update some of our other bets while we're at it. So our our Major League Baseball home run pool in the early going, you're up by four because okay. Nolan Arenado is leading all of baseball. Oh, okay. Who uh, knew? With yeah, with eleven home runs. Uh, this is a couple days old. Actually, I updated this. Um, and then our NBA playoffs pool. Uh, you know, the biggest disagreement obviously was I had Atlanta winning in six. You had Boston winning in six, and Atlanta won in six. So you know, I got five points right there. But unfortunately for you, we have a point system, and so every game, you know, every single series, somebody gets some amount of points. And so um, after the end of the first round, I was leading you thirty-two to twenty-seven. So I'm only up five. Okay. And if uh, if OKC were to beat the Spurs in that series, you could gain some ground there. Yeah, I'm and not also, rooting for that to happen, though. So yeah, and you're also assured to gain a ground, a little bit of ground in the Toronto Miami series because. Um, I, I have Toronto in five, you have Toronto in six. So whatever happens, you're going to be closer than me, I would assume. Um, it, it's just crazy how, I mean, Toronto, I mean, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan have completely fallen apart. They just can't hit a shot. Yeah, this team shouldn't even be in the playoffs anymore. Like, it's nuts. I mean, people, people who don't watch NBA regular season won't realize like how good they were in the regular season. They were st- as good as Cleveland. They were the best team in the East all year. Yeah. I, I also think like sometimes you think like, wow, like the East has these teams in the second round in the West. But there was nobody left. Like Memphis fell apart and the Clippers fell apart. So really, and Portland's not even good. So there are, there are literally four decent teams in the NBA this year. And it's just one of the, uh, you know, after effects of all the good players joining together on the same few teams. But there's literally four decent teams in the NBA. Yeah, it's funny, you know. So you know, there was a lot of talk about how the Timberwolves were sort of like the most desirable spot for a coach, which is why they got the best one on the market. And I was thinking that. So I was going through every other team in the league, and I was saying like, where would I rather be the coach with the exact with the exact you know situation that they have right now? And there were only five teams. That I that I think are more desirable than the Timberwolves right now, you know, which are you know the best teams in the league. It's you know obviously it's Cleveland because of LeBron, Boston, uh, you know because of the front office and, and you know the draft picks and their coach, and then obviously well Boston's um, only good because the coach. So if you're a coach, you're not going to be as good as Steven. So I'd, yeah, I'd rather well, be the I'm, coach I'm, of I'm Minnesota just, just saying, than Boston. It, if I could be a fan of any team right oh, now, fan, who I want to okay, be a fan yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, and so it, it was, and then obviously it was Golden State and San Antonio, and then and who was the fifth one that I had? It Oklahoma was, um, City. 
An Oklahoma City, yeah. Although that one's teetering around the brink of course, Sure, yeah, because, they could lose Durant yeah. and that's done yeah, but Yeah, but other than that, there's really nobody. You, you know, there's like, talk, a lot of talk about the Spurs getting Durant. No, there's not. Oh, yes, there is. No, there's not. I was about to say to you, there's a lot of talk of the Timberwolves getting Durant. And then I realized that anybody who doesn't follow Timberwolves blogs and podcasts probably isn't aware of that talk. And so it's the same for the Spurs. Uh, except we kind of get the guys we go after. Spurs have never gone after a guy and not gotten him, basically. Except for Jason Kidd. Well, but who have they really gone after? Aldridge? Aldridge. Who else? Uh, well, they 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 got David West to sign for a million dollars when uh, people okay, wanted to give all him right, ten. So, I mean, all right, he's gone at the end of the bench. Yeah, I mean, people are saying for the same reason that Minnesota is the best place for a coach would be the best place for Durant. But I assume that he would and should go to Boston if he doesn't stay in Oklahoma City. And I hope he stays in Oklahoma City, of course. You know, we're talking about available jobs and available coaches, and for some crazy reason, the Pacers fired Frank Vogel today. Where, where would you rank him as a coach? I think he's probably, you know, around 10th or so. But right now, available guys, he's definitely number one. Right? Yeah, you, like uh, someone just I said, mean, like... Who, who, who's out there? I guess it's Van Gundy and Blatt are the only guys Yeah, and he's more there, proven than Blatt. You, know, you have to put him worthy. above Blatt at this point. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I had head of Van Gundy. What's Van Gundy done the last 10 years? Yeah, although well, Van Gundy's ceiling, I guess, is high. But yeah, I agree. Isn't that yeah, strange firing by the Pacers. Yeah, all right. So do you want to do, do, you want to do our bet for the, for the week? Yeah. Um, are we talking NHL playoffs at all or no? You don't no, I don't think. NHL. I haven't watched a minute. I don't think we have to. Yeah. Uh, could, oh, you want to talk about the end of that Spurs game or no? You're over it. By now. I, I'm not over it. I just don't want to talk about it. So, I mean, what about the argument that, you know, so the NBA said there were five missed calls and the first one, the precipitating one, was Manu going over the line. It doesn't, here's the thing. And Jeff McDonald, who the Spurs beat writer, uh, made a good point, which was like, if they call the foul, the Spurs just don't have a fast break. So, yes. The, they may ha- end up having a better result because we're being results-oriented in hindsight, but the the Spurs had a three-on-one, and they just didn't yeah. score. Why would it have been better to inbound the ball? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, guess I, don't, I don't lose any sleep. Such a great, Thunder you know, fully deserved to win that game. It's easy, it's easy to recover from these losses when you've won five titles uh, like uh, I have because I'm on the team. Yeah, you're like the most lackadaisical Spurs fan. Well, you're we've like, won five really titles. I wouldn't be like and... this with the Jets. I would be crying. Yeah. But... When you win five times, it's like I, they deserve to lose. It's not like they were up four and they, and they lost that game. Yeah. They, they well, had that, no like, business like, winning like that happened, game. Like happened in the 2013 finals. No, I'm still not over that. I, I think about that every day. Yeah. You know, Akiva, one person who we missed, I think, when we talked about Greatest Living Americans was Prince. And, you know, in the aftermath of Prince dying in the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk about him. And people are sort of saying, like, the consensus is that he belongs in the top three of, of pop stars along with Michael Jackson and Madonna. Yeah, I think this is a little bit Monday morning quarterbacking, you know, for people who love to sort of overrate someone after they die. And Prince was underrated when he was alive in, in the sense he was like a singer-singer in the same way I like to think of myself as a podcaster's podcaster. I think that Prince was so big with celebrities. They all had a tremendous amount of respect for him. But people of our generation, we never heard Prince songs on the radio, except for maybe like uh, 1999, that song, right? Like that was on when the millennium changed. Yeah, I mean, look, part of it is because he was so overly protective of his copyright. So you can't get his songs on Spotify or you know on, on any on any streaming app. You can't find anything on YouTube, you, you know. But a part of it's um, a myth, like if Prince had announced... Part and people forget this about Michael Jackson. Also, Michael Jackson announced like 50 concerts in Wembley or whatever before he died, but they weren't sold out and like nobody really cared. 
and they were going to lose money and stuff. The with Prince, like if Prince announced one concert at Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, a month before he died, like that doesn't sell out, right? I don't even think he could sell out Madison. Oh yes, it does. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I don't think he could have played Madison Square Garden. Uh, supposedly in 2011 he did play Madison Square Garden songs, so I I may be wrong about that. But he was never on the radio. I don't think people of our generation. I never had a conversation about Prince in my whole life with anyone my age. Or heard his name, you know. I knew a lot of people. Well, liked well maybe a lot of not about music. his music, but you talked about him in other ways. Like when he did the Super Bowl show, everybody said at the time that it was. A Listen, he was show. famous enough to play the Super Bowl. It was it was the consensus greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Sure. Yeah. So here's the analogy that I gave. I think, you know, when you look at like a movie director, for example, and there's directors who make really popular movies, and there's directors who make really critically acclaimed movies, and obviously, you know, Steven Spielberg is somebody who can sort of cross both paths. But I look. I look at Prince almost the way you'd look, not in terms of his personality, but in terms of his skill, maybe like a Stanley Kubrick, in the, in the, in the sense that everybody who's in that industry thinks of him as an all-time great. Sure. But you ask the average person on the street, how, you know, when's the last time they watched one of his movies? Not that many people are going to mention him. Right. And so I think you talk about like celebrities. Every celebrity is obsessed with him because like every guitarist thinks that Prince is the greatest guitarist since Hendrix. And every singer thinks you know, that he's the greatest singer. And ev- but when you put it all together, so he had like all of these talents. His talent level was so high, but his fame, you know, again, like as an actor, maybe you'd see even more like a Daniel Day-Lewis than a, than a Tom Hanks. Right. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah. But I think that. Yeah, but I think he did merit some conversation in our greatest living Americans. Honestly, Akiva, the only thing that I really want to talk about right now is Game of Thrones. I've become completely obsessed as I was last season. The end of Can you tell everyone how many po- how many Game of Thrones podcasts you listen to? So last year there were six different podcasts that I was listening to, and each of those has two to three episodes a week. Six right? different Game of Thrones this podcasts. This year well that was last year. Okay. This year I'm up to ten. You listen to ten Game of Thrones podcasts. <laughs> yeah. hey, and TV. again, that that's on average tw- that's on average like twenty five episodes. <laughs> you mean a lot of them do what Rob does and do like a question and answer show? And every single one of them has at least pretty much has at least two episodes a week. So what I really like the most is the podcasts that have instant analysis. I need something Sunday night after I watch the show, like Rob does, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, Rob's is really good, and there's one other podcast that I really love as well. Um, and then who knows the then, most you know, about morning, Game of Thrones out of anybody? You know, I really like Rob's podcast. The, the, the other one that is probably my favorite is BaldMove.com. The name of the podcast is BaldMove. No, BaldMove.com is like a is like a podcast network. Oh, really? Okay. And I don't. They must be pretty big because I was actually went on their website to follow one of the guys because I like him so much on Game of Thrones, and I noticed that they recently had their ten millionth episode, ten millionth podcast. Not if that means ten million downloader. I don't know what that means. I just saw that was a headline. Well, so I'd say if one, they do one, ten million podcasts, that's probably way too many podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So they it's have this one guy. Months. Yeah. So they have this one guy, Aaron Hubbard, who I think he's just a really smart guy. Obviously, that's not his real name. But you know, for example, every single every single person is making jokes about the poor infrastructure in the Iron Islands and why that bridge is so rickety. And you know the question is, well, why would they have such a rickety bridge connecting two towers that the king that you know that people have to go between all the time? Okay. By the way, I just want you to know that we watch the same show, and I don't even know what you're talking about. All right, keep going. When Euron Greyjoy throws Balon yeah. Greyjoy off the bridge, sure. You don't remember that scene? Yeah. Why is the bridge so rickety? But you're saying everyone's talking about it. Like this isn't something I've given one. All ten podcasts mentioned it, my friend, including Rob's. Well, if I had a one hour. <laughs> Or three time a week Game of Thrones podcast, I'm sure I would mention it too. But I'm just saying, yeah. as a as a GOT casual, it's not something I I gave one oh second See, thought. To. I, I don't know how you can be ca- 
it's not weird to you that the bridge is so rickety. So anyway, so Aaron, his response, which I thought was really smart, is like we live in a country that has massive issues of you know obesity and diabetes and heart issues, and yet we have a McDonald's in every corner. I just thought it was a really smart retort he had. I like his podcast a lot as well. But if you're a casual, then I can't be discussing this with you. So I may have to start my own Game of Thrones podcast, but I have to find someone who's a little oh, less casual Oh, please do not. You. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. What, what was the one you found yesterday that you, were, that you were going crazy about? The one? The Game of Thrones podcast that, that really offended you. It offended me? Why? Oh, 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 oh those douchebags. Oh, I didn't download that one. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you really should. You should hear what they have to say. They probably just make fun of the wanna... show. What, what, their thing was that it's a Game of Thrones podcast, but it's not for virgins. Yeah, hold on. This is. Let me read you the description of their podcast because it, it's so. Don't even plug offensive. it. Don't, don't even say the name of the podcast. I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't want to plug it. Here's their description. I'm going to read this quote. Oh, they just changed it. Oh, interesting. So the podcast description as of yesterday was quote and don't a Game curse. of Thrones. A Game of well, there's a curse word in it. Fine, <laughs> a, a Game of Thrones podcast for normal people who f u c k and party on a regular basis. Like, how gross are these people? <laughs> like, yeah, this podcast isn't for nerds. This is a bro podcast uh, for bros who watch a nerdy show. And then here's the next. And sentence. then listen to the podcast hosted, about it. Yeah, hosted by blank from totalfratmove.com and blank from totalsororitymove.com. So these sound like horrible people. Uh, you know, probably Trump supporters, but they actually they must have gotten negative feedback because they changed their description. Now their description is much less offensive. It's a Game of Thrones podcast for people who drink like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys. So that's fine. Although I would never go to totalfratmove.com and I would never talk to anybody who went to that website or wrote for that website or had a podcast. So not listening to that one. Uh, unsurprising, their podcast has an E for explicit, although it's hard to be a Game of Thrones podcast and not be explicit. Sure. You really have to dance around the issues. All right, if anyone wants to jump on board and start a new Game of Thrones podcast with me, let me know. But um, it will not be for casuals like Akiba. <laughs> no, uh, by the way, I, I, I will actually stop podcasting you, with you if you do a Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> I sent, a, uh, I sent a, a voicemail to Rob. I've only sent one previously, which was for your Seinfeld 100 episode show. Did you get, um, did you get onto was, the show? No, sadly, I did not. But, you didn't but make I did, it. But I, I, no, but I have to admit to Rob. Rob, you didn't put Chester on the show? Oh, terrible job, Rob. Well, I, I did cheat on him, and I and I emailed it to a couple or two of the other podcasts that I really like, and one of them responded to me with a very detailed analysis. So I appreciate that. And well, maybe we it was a bad question. Maybe email. Rob didn't put it on because it was a dumb no. Question. I think it's a good question, and I I don't want it to be. I don't need it to be read on the podcast. I just want to discuss it with other Game of Thrones non casuals and sort of analyze it. And but I did get that, as I said, because somebody I sent it to responded. So that was good. But you know, let's let's stop talking about this because we have a lot more important things to get to today. Even if there's nothing I care about more at the moment, the Game of Thrones. All right, so you want to make a bet about the Kentucky Derby, which is ridiculous because I know literally zero. Neither do I. So I, I don't know anything about the favorites. I don't know anything about anything. I just – the great thing about horse racing is that it encourages gambling. So the odds I sent you are literally from KentuckyDerby.com. They're live odds. The, I, I know, I guess, probably a lot more than you about horse racing because I see there's 22 horses and only 20 are allowed to line up, I believe. So – we're going to pick horses, I guess, that don't make it to the starting line. Uh, here's the scoring system I've devised for, the, for Saturday's Kentucky Derby. Okay. Whoever picks the winner gets five points. Okay. Whoever picks the horse that gets in second place gets three points. Whoever picks the horse that gets third place gets one. So it's a 5-3-1. However, that would you just say, oh, but whoever has the winner Guaranteed automatically wins. No. Yeah. Whoever picks the horse that comes in last 
gets negative two. So if you pick the winner and you pick the horse that comes in last, you also have to have second or third or else you lose. And this is this is it's actually the, a really good scoring system. This is who finishes comes in last out of the twenty. Out of the out of the horses that run, you have to leave the starting gate. Okay. So it's actually better to pick a horse that's not going to be in the race, but we don't know. And no yeah. cheating, meaning no Googling any information. I didn't even know the Kentucky Derby was this week till. I'm telling you what I'm basing everything on. I've just gone through the horses. There are five horses whose names I like, and I would just ask you, frankly, if I could have all five. But I guess the draft doesn't work like that. But you do see a number next to their name. Like, it's very clear here. Oh, hor- I see. So fi- so if it's 50 to 1, I probably should not make the No, like the pick. horse that's 3 to 1, I think, should probably go first. It, it appears to be the heavy favorite. Oh, so that's one of my five that I like the name. I just, I, it just, you know, it sounds like some kind of drug. Yeah. All right, but here, I think because it looks like there's such a heavy favorite, I think one of us, uh, we need, we need to do some sort of online coin flip to go first here. Are you calling it in the air? Heads, heads, it is. Okay, so I pick first. I pick Nyquist, and I like Nyquist because it's supposed to win. <laughs> All right. So I guess I should just go based on the odds and not. Yeah, and there's no reason why anyone should be listening to this. Let's do it yeah. quickly. All right, I get next two. Sure. All right. There's there, there's a, there's a lot of guys with similar. Okay, I'll take Exaggerator, which I think describes me partially on this podcast. Okay. And Creator, which also describes me for this Exaggerator. podcast. Exaggerator. Is that so. a capital C? Exaggerator and Creator. All right, those are my two picks. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Gunrunner. That's another solid name. Solid name owned by yeah. – uh, and um, Mohai Man. Mohai. I think it's Mahayman. You think it's Mahayman? <laughs> I have no idea. The All right. Jockey is Junior Alvarado. Great job. All right. In, in honor of my uh, college roommate, or my law school roommate, uh, I'm going to take uh, Brody's Cause. Okay. And I'm and even though his odds are a little bit worse, I really like the name. So I'm going to take Danzing Candy. It's not Dancing Candy. It's Danzing Candy. Well, if you had to pick a horse name, what what would you name your horse? I'd say uh, Catherine the Great's Boyfriend. That that would be your horse name? That's not bad. Well, you know how she died, right? They, yeah, but they don't allow that. They, they It's very strict, <laughs> but they, it's like the old AOL names. They don't just allow profanities or nonsense. They don't enjoy the reference to uh to to equine equine human sex. Oh yeah, no, they don't. If they don't like the joke, it's not getting in. Yeah, they're not letting that in. So how, I'm trying to think how to, how to make it a little more subtle. Like Catherine was only very good. If you don't know what we're talking about, Google Catherine the Great and horse. More spirit and at work are my picks. I'll take. Uh, I think that the Dustin has some good destiny. Destiny, and uh, these puns are so terrible. Really bad odds here, but I'm just going with the names. I'm going to take Cherry Wine. I like Cherry Wine. It's a good name for a horse. All right, and I pick Whitmore and Shagaf. Oh, I wanted Shagaf. Did you? you should, well, you had about six picks to get him. <laughs> I know, but I, I forgot about him because <laughs> I'm just sort of scrolling around here. <laughs> All right. Um, Whitmore, is that like named after Meg Whitmore? Or we don't know. Hmm, I don't is, know. Has anyone taken Gunrunner yet? Yeah, I took Gunrunner like my first pick. Uh, uh, Victor Espinoza, I've heard of some of the, like, I've heard of Victor Espinoza, the, jo- the jockey. I've heard of Destin's uh, trainer, Todd Pletcher, is like a famous one. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him, actually. How about this? Exaggerator's jockey is Kent DeSormo, and the trainer is Keith DeSormo. Is that like a brother brother thing? Is that a father-son deal? I think that's unusual. Because yeah. usually the, jo- like the jockey is like like a jockey. It's like the hired help, and like you could switch jockeys whenever you want, whereas the trainer is some rich dude. In honor of uh, my brother, I guess I'll take my man Sam. Okay. My man Sam? That's, that's what they call him. The 20 to 1? Not bad. Okay. And um, I'll take sudden breaking news. One word. Yeah, terrible name. Nah, it sounds like a generic, like virus-ridden website. Sudden breaking news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm gonna go with Lonnie. Yeah. 
and Lonnie looks like a Japanese horse. I'm looking at the trainer and the jockey. Oh, you're looking at the horses? No, 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 no. But I just noticed on oh. your site. I hadn't noticed until right yeah, now. But yeah, it was the trainer yeah, and the right. jockey. Kyo Matsunaga and you and you Tagatake. So, so what does Lonnie mean in Japanese? We need to know. Maybe it's a great team name, a horse name. Maybe. And I'm going to go with Tom's Ready. So oh. Lonnie and Tom's Ready. I will take. Uh, well, speaking of Tom, I'll take Mo Tom. Give me some Mo Tom. Okay. What are the odds on Mo Tom? Twenty to one. That's not bad. And um, I'll take Majesto. I don't know how I missed that one. That's a great name. And the jockey's name is also great. Emisile Jaramillo. That's an awesome name. So what do you pick? Motom and? Majesto. Majesto. All right. And, and now we're, ta- we're trying to avoid who's going to lose. Who's going to lose this? this uh... Yeah, now we have to really like uh, – we yeah. want to avoid the <laughs> – it's like Minesweeper here. Yeah. I'm going to pick Trojan Nation. Yeah. Because I have 50 is that to a one. thing or a USC thing? Probably it's probably USC. I'm gonna because again, if they was coming, they wouldn't let it in. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say like it has the one spot, which I don't think is a good spot. I think you want to be in the middle, so I feel like it's not even gonna run. It's at fifty yeah. to one, and fifty is the highest fifty to one. Yeah. So Trojan Nation and Oscar to nominated. I'm gonna pick Oscar nominated. Is a terrible name. Terrible. You, you, like I didn't even win. I was just nominated. You know. Yes. So I guess that means I'm left with with Leoban Lobin Lieben. No idea how to pronounce that. Well, I think it's yogurt. Yeah, uh, by the way, another great jockey name, Cornelio H. Velazquez. That's good. That's good. All right, so I'll keep, keep track of that one, and we'll see who wins the uh, the horse race. All right, so, so now that we've been speaking for half an hour, we still haven't got to TV. So why don't we wrap this up, and then we'll post this today, which is Thursday. And then and then we'll immediately start doing our TV show podcast, and we'll see whether this one gets posted today or, or later, depending on how much time we have. Great okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so Akiva, I will speak to you again in a few minutes, and uh, podcast listeners will hear us uh, maybe again in a few minutes, or maybe not for a couple days. Whatever for now. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.